Hello, and welcome to your next episode of the Smug Buds with me, Liz, and my co host, Will. <laughs> and, uh, Will, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you, Liz? I'm good. Are you feeling, feeling smug tonight? Oh, one <clears throat> every night. <laughs> so, this is the first time we're recording at night. Um, and the time difference means that Will just finished eating dinner and That's I'm true. almost ready to go to bed. <laughs> yes. And I apologize because you can probably hear how recently I finished eating dinner in my throat. <laughs> Had to clear my throat. First words out of my mouth. Luckily, there was a cough button on my microphone. So hopefully that won't happen again. And we have the same microphone, but my cough yes. button does not seem to function in the same way. So I don't know what we're doing wrong. I got lucky, I guess. <laughs> so, Will, do you, um, you want to tell our our dear goslings what we're going to be talking about today? Well, it's your turn. And my understanding is that you are going to be talking to me about amber teething necklaces. Is that right? Yes, that is right. Um, so this is actually one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast, which I know sounds insane. I mean, okay, so that's not totally true. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast was because I love podcasts so much and because I uh, love Will so much. Um, Same. But, <laughs> but um, amber teething necklaces are a thing that are just, I mean, I'm just going to say up front, um, they don't work. And I'll mm-hmm. prove to this to you over time but <laughs> but there's no i don't see any reason to uh, hold back on this information they mm. don't work um can you can you guess what this is i just want to know what that sounds like to you like what do you think it is what do i think an amber teething necklace is yes uh well i think that it is a <laughs> necklace that a baby wears uh-huh and it is made to be chewed upon during the teething stage of the baby's uh-huh. development. <laughs> and whatever shape or form it takes. I'm picturing beads, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. They're, they are made out of amber. Yes. And I assume that that is supposed to have some sort of beneficial property. Maybe to make them teeth better. Or maybe... What it's supposed to do is sort of a coincidence. Like, oh, while it's teething, it'll also get nutrients or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why they exist. Okay, no, no, no. I think you. I think you have a pretty good, um, a pretty good guess at what's happening. So, amber teething necklaces are beaded necklaces. Mm-hmm. They're worn around the um, ankle or the wrist or the neck, like a necklace of a baby. And the idea is that they help – you don't chew on them, first off. There okay. are other teething necklaces that are totally legitimate. Um, usually, they're things that mothers wear and babies just sort of grab onto and chew when the mother's holding them. Oh, I see. That I have one of that's totally fine um, that are just chewed on and they just work like any other sort of teething toy. But the idea is that babies grab their mother's necklaces all the time. So why not wear one made of rubber silicone and the baby can chew on that? Right. Um, that's not the point with this. The point with this is that there's a chemical in the amber which will go into your skin and provide an analgesic or pain-relieving effect. And this will help your baby with teething. Okay. So when so, you... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. When you said it, the chemical will go into your skin... Yes, the baby skin. The babies, okay. Yes. Through the mouth? No, through their skin. Okay. In, into their bloodstream, Will. To, uh-huh. <laughs> so, so um, <clears throat> I would just like um, to say here that teething is incredibly painful. Do you have any idea about how painful teething is? Like, do is this something... So I um Will's just shook it and said no, which I'm telling guess, you because yeah, this is I a guess podcast. I don't. I, I, I can <laughs> so recall hearing that teething might be a reason that a baby is crying, and that yes. gives me an impression that it's painful. But I can't be more specific than that. So to give you an idea of um 
how painful it is. So I just want to say too that Elliot has been an incredibly um, easy baby with teething and most things, um, minus the hole in his heart, uh, which he didn't really have any control over. Also, babies don't have control over a lot of things because they're babies, but um, he didn't, did not get super upset when he was teething a lot of the times. A lot of the times he'd just be weird. Um, he'd be like real loopy. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he'd wake up at night, but only once or twice. Um, for some parents, I would say for most parents, teething is like you have a newborn again. They are waking up constantly. You know, they're not sleeping for more than an hour or an hour and a half. They are crying constantly. They are uh, drooling all over the place. Um, they don't want to eat anything because their gums hurt. Um, they maybe only want to drink things that you don't want them to drink. Like, I don't know, milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they only want like cold, easy mm. things. And a lot of parents um, don't want to give their kids drugs. And there's a good reason for that, which is that it's really easy to mess up the dosage for babies. Um, the mm. dosage that babies... So like if you and I... Like, well, if you if you had a headache and I had a headache, would we take the same dosage of like Tylenol or ibuprofen? Probably. Yeah, we'd take like two pills, right? Yeah. Maybe one if it didn't seem so bad. Right. So with babies, it cha- first off, there's certain medications that you can only give babies at certain ages. So I remember when Elliot was in the hospital for his heart surgery, they were really excited because he could take ibuprofen. <laughs> Because he was mm-hmm. over six months old, because a lot of these babies are under six months, and so they can't give them any painkillers, basically. Mm. Um, well, and you know, there's some exception to this. You know, Elliot was also on morphine when he got his heart surgery done. So you know, yeah. it depends on what's happening. But yeah. in terms of over-the-counter oral things, sure. um, a lot of things start at six months. Some things start at a year. Um, some things, a lot of things like cold medicines and stuff like that start after that. So parents, a lot of the times really don't want to, you know, we've been very much cautioned against giving our children a lot of drugs because it can be dangerous and because we think, oh, they're small, they don't need it. There's got to be another way. And there's also this whole natural movement, which I think is good in the sense that I don't think we need to go directly to drugs every time there is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there are other things that we can do. Like if I have a sore throat, I don't necessarily just have to take a bunch of cough syrup and also ibuprofen and also, um, you know, just get, you know, take a lot of medication to deal with that. I can also do things like drink warm tea and gargle Mm -hmm. with salt water. Mm -hmm. And those things can help mitigate what's happening. So I I think that there's a middle road here. Amber teething necklaces are not that middle road. (laughs) Can I? I? Oh yeah, go ahead. Just one quick interjection of a question. Mm-hmm. When in a baby's life is it teething? Great. Good question. Um, some babies get teeth like – some babies are born with teeth. Sure. Um, those babies are weird, we're being honest. <laughs> okay. No, they just don't happen very often. Yeah. Most babies start getting – most babies will get their first tooth between six months and a year. Mm-hmm. Um, some babies can get teeth before then. Some babies can get teeth way after that. My, I had a co, I have a coworker who told me her son had one tooth at one and two teeth at two. <laughs> <laughs> and she went to the when she went to the pediatrician when he was two. She was like, she was like, is if we keep up with this, he will he won't have all of his teeth until he's thirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's rare though. I've never heard right. that before, but clearly it can happen. Um, sure. Elliot got his first tooth. I joked that I wanted Elliot to get his first tooth when he had his heart surgery so that we could, quote, double dip on those sweet pain meds. Hmm. And he did, in fact, get his first tooth when he was still in the hospital, mm. which was another, like, you know, baby born on my birthday, check. Mm-hmm. Baby get his first tooth when I expected him to, check. It's all going um, according to plan. And I actually couldn't even tell you how many teeth he has now, but he pretty much has – he has all the – ones you can see on the top and the bottom but Mm -hmm. he has some molars that haven't come in yet so oh also to give you an idea of the vocabulary they use around (laughs) around teeth when he was at the dentist the last time she said that one of his two-year molars was erupting what yeah that's what they say erupting from his gum oh that means like okay it was coming through revealing itself yes emerging appearing yeah yeah erupting erupting 
Yeah, and, that that. <laughs> and oh, and also, all of this is to say, when people are using amber teething necklaces, they aren't inherently stupid. They are, in fact, probably very, very tired. They are, in fact, probably very, very desperate, and mm-hmm. they are, in fact, probably very much grasping at straws because yeah. they have either a new, they either have a, a very small baby. Um, that was sleeping well and now isn't again, or they've had a baby that's never slept well and now is sleeping worse. Um, and this can last anywhere from, so let's say your baby starts teething at six months and your baby has a really hard time with it. This -hmm. could last for a year. Right. Um, you know, maybe with some downtime, but it's like, I mean, I've just seen parents post about their baby's teething and they are just at their, at the end of any sense of sanity it's like worse than having a newborn oftentimes because you 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 had a newborn and it was terrible and in terms of like the sleep you were getting and then it got better and now it's back (laughs) right yeah um and so i just want to say i have a lot of empathy for those parents because they're really just trying to do their best and they're really just trying to um take care of their kid in a way that is safe and they're trying to take care of their kid in a way that gives them some um some rest and some yeah some some peace themselves right yeah so have i been using the word erupting wrong i'm sorry (laughs) i'm still really hung up on this because i was thinking like like a volcano i was thinking the only context in which i would use that word is a volcano and i would say that a volcano erupts but the way that that was it a dentist or a hygienist whoever it was in your dentist's office it was the dentist it was the pediatric dentist right when the pediatric dentist said that the tooth was erupting Mm -hmm. that would suggest to me that in the eruption of a of a volcano it's not the volcano but the lava that is erupting (laughs) it's it's that's what's coming out right right it might be a slightly different usage but is it valid? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's the dentist. She's the one that has hypothetically a lot of training. This is a question for the OED that I will pursue later. Yes, if fair. I remember, we can put it into the show notes. <laughs> yes, please. Um, but but I will say, regardless of whether or not it's mm-hmm. valid, yeah, uh, I think it does uh, indicate how terrible it is. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's it's evocative. Certainly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she said it she said it so plainly. Like she's mm-hmm. clear like when she said it, she was like, Oh, his bottom right she didn't even say actually that. She said like the number because the, the teeth are all right. numbered. Yes. So she was like, Tooth thirteen is erupting and I was like, <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Tooth thirteen. Yeah. Um because also this whole time Elliot's like Elliot's so sweet at the dentist. He is upset but isn't trying to like scream or escape. He's just like silently weeping a lot of the time so he's just like so he's just there like going "Ah, ah, ah." and so i'm like trying or kenny depending we switch off who Mm -hmm. holds him in the chair um and yeah it's like it's heartbreaking to see your well actually i don't really care about stuff like that i'm not gonna lie i was gonna say it's heartbreaking (laughs) it's heartbreaking for a lot of parents for me if there's anything metal medical going on I am like, whatever, you have to do it. You'll figure it out later. I'll comfort you. But like, I don't mm-hmm. personally feel bad about this. You're not going to remember it anyway at this point. That's um, fair. Where, whereas when Elliot, what was something that Elliot did the other day? Elliot's recently been missing us. Um, and so I dropped him off at daycare the other day. And when I opened the door, he just had this little like downturned face. I was like, Elliot, what's wrong? And he was like, no, no, no daycare mama i want mama and i was like oh that mm. hurt me that hurt yeah me because yeah. i understood he was feeling lonely basically mm. Ugh. anyway a lot of parents get upset when their kids are upset i don't he, a lot he, of the time yeah he won't remember that either <laughs> no <laughs> or anything for a right. while right um so Let's get into some of the descriptions. So you might, I apologize if you hear my computer click clack in over here. I just want to read to you some of this from these websites. So there's a website called mamanatural.com and I believe they also sell amber teething necklaces. So a great, not a great, not a great uh, source. 
Um, but they have a, a kid wearing one. They have a picture of one. It's beaded. Um, it's light in color. Um, it talks about how they're what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be made of Baltic amber, which is fossilized resin from the sap of conifer trees. Uh, it originates in the dark, cold forests of the Baltic regions, and by some accounts, Baltic amber is over 44 million years old. That could all be true about amber okay. itself. Um, if they are reporting that it might be 44 million years old, at least they think the Earth is that old. They're not. Yes. Yes. I mean, so point, there's at least that point sort of in their favor, or at least not against them. So I, I also want to say that um, <clears throat> people uh, have different – I've read different things about what people say the amber is actually doing in the te- help of the teething. So mm-hmm. this website says that this is the, the healing properties. It's because 8% of Baltic amber made is made of succinic acid. It's mm-hmm. S-U-C-C-I-N-I-C. Um, okay. And it's saying that succinic acid is – anti-inflammatory, immune-boosting, antioxidant-rich, and calming and soothing. Okay. And so this is how they say it works. Baltic amber warms up when it's against skin, causing it to release the oils that contain succinic acid. The acid, in turn, gets absorbed through the skin and into the bloodstream. Amazing. 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 That I, I'm the thing that I'm latching onto here is is the use of the word acid. Yes. <laughs> it's just, right. Right. Like, okay, if it's called succinic acid, fine. That's all well and good. That doesn't amuse me. What amuses me if you just took out of context the phrase "the acid seeps into the bloodstream" <laughs> <laughs> and imagine writing that. With the intention of making people go, ooh, I want this. I just want to say to you on this website, I'm really skipping over a lot of this stuff. But So this says, is unpolished or raw amber better than polished amber? And they're like, we recommend raw, unpolished amber teething necklaces. Again, these people sell these. Not all raw amber teething necklaces are truly raw. Um, <laughs> which I also say because it makes it seem like if it's not working – that maybe you have an inauthentic product. Maybe That's you the need problem. To buy a different one. Yes. Um, then it has things about how tight the neck should be. Now, I will say to the, uh, not the benefit, to the, um, be, this website does one thing right, which is that they say that the baby shouldn't wear it when they sleep. Okay. Which is good because that's part of my problem is that necklaces are choking hazards. <laughs> So it is for the baby to wear. Yes. Okay. Unlike a normal teething necklace like you were describing earlier. Yeah. Which is something that the mother wears and the baby sort of plays with. It just chews on it. Yeah. This is a necklace for a baby. Yes. For a baby. Wow. Okay. Yes. Um, And it says like, you know, this says to like, could a baby choke on an amber teething necklace? And it says like, well, it features a breakaway closure, which is a thing. So even my amber, even my not my amber teething necklace, I don't have one of those. Even my like rubber or mm-hmm. silicon teething necklace had a breakaway, which just basically means that if you pull it, it just comes undone. Right. Um, and that did have like big beads on it, but it, I don't. Th- you never would let your kid play with that by itself, and the beads are also way bigger. There may be like. The ones that I had were like over an inch big, which is still a choking hazard in and of itself. But all of the amber teething necklace beads are like, you know, like maybe a centimeter, less than a centimeter big. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it goes about the other benefits of amber, like helping rheumatism, arthritis, and aching muscles and joints. Okay, whatever. Great for babies. Um, they have a whole section on folklore, which I think is interesting, but, you know, not science right Um, yeah interesting that they would publicize the folklore i guess they're like okay i'm not looking at it but you are so i'm just wondering Mm -hmm. like are they or aren't they in your opinion like um marketing this in in a way where it's like 
there's a scientific angle to it or is is there more of like a what's the alternative to that like a naturalistic bent to it so it's doing both it's doing the thing where they're saying you know for thousands of years people have been using amber for this purpose and it's natural and that's Mm -hmm. right and it's backed up by science and they didn't know that at the time you know because you know the thing is is like so like this is saying like um you know there's written mention of amber as a healing agent as far back as 79 ad okay so like it's saying like People have been using amber forever, but already in this article, they've gone through all of the scientific stuff. And I think also it's important mm. to bring this up because I think amber teething necklaces are a little bit tricky as opposed to other things. So something I sent, I texted Will this morning, my little goslings. I texted them because in doing this research, because I knew all these things to be true, but I wanted to have some, you know, some documentation for you all. And I texted Will, I've started getting these ads for these jade rolling not pins jade rollers (laughs) they're like a stick with like a piece of jade that you roll over your face and it's like that is just like all this metaphysical whatever it looks like a small like personal massager or something like that yeah but made of cold rocks right but this is saying like you know this is great for beauty which like what does that even mean and like here's the other thing if people want to believe that rocks have like properties and like whatever, I don't believe that and whatever. If that makes you feel nice, I think that that's fine. But th- that's not what this is. This is saying that there is a scientific reason why this works and you should do it to your baby who's like a vulnerable population. <laughs> yeah. If I- I'm sort of following what how you're you're contextualizing this and and I think that we agree. I, in the past year or two, I've been increasingly exposed to people who seem to put real stock in the powers of crystals mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And uh, yeah, my attitude is like, to each his own, as long as you're not hurting anybody, as soon as money is changing hands, mm-hmm. I think somebody may be getting hurt. Yeah. If yeah, you purchase and, a crystal, <laughs> and are you to... being scammed? Question mark. Yeah. I mean, I think there's also something to be said for like... Oh, also, did you know that Tucson has like a big crystal festival? Yes. Oh, the Gem and Mineral Show? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the first things. I they don't call it a I crystal remember. festival. <laughs> <laughs> they should. Uh, yeah, for the Goslings, I'm here in Tucson in case you forgot or you didn't know. And yeah, that's one of the first things that I learned about Tucson. The gem and mineral show is huge. I haven't been there yet because I'm not interested. <laughs> but I know people who have gone. I mean, I think too, like with that, Crystals are also really beautiful. And this is the same thing with essential oils, too. So, like, I have essential oils on my nightstand right now. Mm -hmm. I put them on my temples at night um, because they smell nice. Yes. And it relaxes me in the sense that I smell something nice and I can focus on that and I can feel my body relaxing. Mm -hmm. But – and I'm not doing an episode on this because Science Versus already did, um, which we'll link in the show notes – Science Versus basically looked at essential oils as, are these oils doing anything like reducing anxiety, curing cancer, um, helping with depression? And the answer was, you know, making you feel more relaxed or in, mm-hmm. or invigorated. And the answer was, if you eat peppermint oil in like a pill, it might help with your digestion or it probably will. It might help some people with their digestion. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like all those other things no not at all but there is a certain placebo effect which is to say that if people got because people traditionally think of like lavender as being calming right Mm -hmm. if you put if you told somebody that lavender would make you feel invigorated people felt invigorated after putting lavender oil on their face and placebo is real and that's a great thing like if you want to do something for ritual like that that makes you feel like you've done something intentional i think that's Mm -hmm. super but again, that's yes. not what this is. Like, that's not what this is. Because it's, there's something for sale. 
Yes. And because there's a child who's vulnerable, who right. could be hurt by this thing, who isn't actually getting the relief that um, you think that they are. Right. Right. Okay. Yes. That's really interesting because if anyone is invulnerable to the placebo effect, it's babies. Yes. And we'll, we'll actually come back to the placebo effect in a little bit, but okay. you're right. Wait. <laughs> so um, I just want to say how this particular like article or website ends. It says the bottom line on teething amber teething necklaces as a natural teething re- re- remedy. They are definitely worth a try. Again, I'm pretty sure that this <laughs> this company sells these. Right. If nothing else, they look great on a baby. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> if nothing else. <laughs> if nothing else, like there's as if I don't know, maybe a lawyer read this copy and said like there needs to be some language stating that there is a real possibility <laughs> that there are no beneficial effects <laughs> beyond the aesthetic. Right, exactly. So I'm gonna just gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna go through this whole article, but I found another article that was like what you need to know before buying an amber teething necklace. And this was on a website called MightyMoms.club. I didn't know .club was a thing now. What? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And this woman has not used them. She seems to be – her kids seem to be older than infant aged. But she says that it seems that they probably would have helped them. And then she says, common amber teething necklace mistakes. So none of these mistakes are buying an amber teething necklace. Sure. And again, they're, one, not understanding what they are, buying an imposter, two, three, choosing the wrong design, four, using a discount seller, five, So not far, test- sorry, what was five? I interrupted. Not testing the final product. Okay. I was just going to cut in and say, so far, you could apply this list to any product I can think of. Right, you're right. And and she does go to, into more specific. So in terms of not understanding what they are, she's like, oh, you know, they're not for chewing, which is what a lot of people think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also, too, this goes back to the point that if they're not working, well, maybe it's user error. Like maybe you bought the wrong one or maybe mm-hmm. you bought one that was um, cheap and so it's not working. Or maybe you didn't understand how to use it right and that's why it's not working. Maybe you think is made a subpar baby. <laughs> no, all all babies are good. Yes. I argue with my coworkers about this all the time, by the way. Why? They'll say, oh, yeah, she's a good baby. And I'll be like, all babies are good. They're like, not all babies are good. And I'm like, all babies are good. <laughs> Some babies are easier than others to deal with. But that is not the baby's fault. The baby is good. That's true. <laughs> Morally, ethically. Okay, so... By by good, I assume that they mean well-behaved. Yes, they do. Which is or a, they mean quiet, or that they sleep right. a lot. Yeah. <sighs> good baby. Okay, so I'm going to um, go through my logical... So this is a thing. Mm-hmm. So I also just want to say, I don't do this very often, but my friend Kathy, shout out to Kathy, Kathy and I will send each other... If we see that somebody has posted about amber teething necklaces, uh-huh. and one of us, usually me, but actually sometimes Kathy. Kathy's not one to really, like, post things, um, in like, in general, um, will post something about it. Because all of the time, somebody on Instagram or Facebook will say, I'm trying to figure out what amber teething necklaces to buy, or blah, blah, blah. And... I will respond with this like three paragraph essay, which I'm not going to read. I'm just going to walk you through it because I just felt like everybody was like, they're so great. They help so much. And I was like, no, they didn't. And even if you thought that they did, you're wrong because like it does not make any sense. Okay, so I just want to say too, part of the reason with this, part of the reason for these is to use them as an alternative for Tylenol. So we have to keep that in mind when we're logically going through this. Okay, so here's the first thing. You put the necklace on your baby. You put it on the baby's ankle. You put it on the baby's neck. You put it on the wrist. And the idea is that the heat is supposed to release the succinic acid in, uh, you know, onto their skin. So this is the first problem. And this is the first reason why they don't work. And it is that, 
Here, let me find this here too. This is this is from Mommy Ish, and this woman did a lot of scientific research. And this I actually found this article originally four years ago because I've had this problem with amber teething necklaces since far before I was pregnant. Wow. <laughs> um so in this article, she says that do you know what the melting point of succinic acid is? Something that would make it accessible. Can you guess? So, something that would make it accessible? You, you mean yeah, like something what, that would release it from the amber. Okay, so you're asking me for my best guess of what it actually is, not what it yes. would have to be in order for it to work the way that they're supposed to. Yes. Okay, so the only boiling point I know off the top of my head is water, <laughs> which is 212 Fahrenheit. Right, and would you say Celsius. that that would be too hot? That would be too hot? For a baby to touch? Much too hot for anyone yes. to touch. So the melting point of succinic acid is 363 degrees. I had a feeling it was going to be higher than water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, the point of that being, your baby is not going to touch this rock and get any succinic acid out of it. Right. It's not going to happen, It's not, and it's not going to get in their bloodstream. It's just not going to be released. So... Uh, even if the Baltic amber has succinic acid, which I believe actually is true. I think that that mm-hmm. is like the one thing that's true here. Okay. But also this woman points out that uh, succinic acid doesn't have any painkilling ability. Mm. So she says that, you know, she can't even cite anything for this because there's just no studies on it because they don't exist because it's not a thing. Like, it's not a thing that anybody studied right. because it's not real. Yeah. It would be like saying, well, there's no studies on the fact that gravity actually is pulling us towards the sky. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> right. it's just so, it's just so opposite of, of anything that's true that it just, there's no published information about it nobody has bothered to ask that question because it's so ridiculous right okay so that's the first thing now do you think that that should be enough right that's more than enough for me okay right but it's not so let's pretend let's pretend that this does work okay if you put an amber teething necklace onto your skin it should it's and it's releasing this acid into your skin, where would you feel the pain-killing ability of that? If it, or the analgesic, so that's a numbing sensation. Where would you feel that? You would feel it wherever it's touching your body? Yes. Yes. Not you in your mouth. feel it in your gums. Like, if you put um, that, like, tooth-numbing stuff, uh, I forget the name of it, which you're also not supposed to use for babies, by the way, because it can give them seizures and, I think, seizures and rare situations Hmm. um or a gel like if you put that on your face or on your hand it's not going to make your teeth numb right that's not how that works it has to get into your bloodstream and an incredibly inefficient way to get into your bloodstream is through your skin (laughs) right like when you when you think about people who get like you know exposed to some sort of chemical or gas or something like that and they have cancer from it later, it's usually people that were exposed to it for an incredibly long amount of time, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just from them having it touching their skin in like one very, or even breathing it in one very specific spot for like a couple of hours a day. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't make any sense either. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's say, let's again suspend our, our... Right. Not even disbelief, are just understanding that this doesn't work and say, yeah. okay, necklace is on the baby's neck or wrist. Oil is being released. It's getting into the bloodstream. It's numbing your teeth. Why, if you are trying to come up with an alternative form of helping your child teething because you don't want to give your child an extremely measured and highly regulated amount of Tylenol, would you give them an unmitigated amount of a chemical that's seeping into their skin to the point that they can feel it in their mouth? Because it's natural. (laughs) But it's, I mean, and that's the thing, like, even if it is natural, it's, if it's, 
just it's not like you're controlling the amount at all right and that's that's insane to me like it's not very much at all um to give them tylenol and and this woman also points out that um a full bottle of Tylenol, infantinal, contains two grams of acetaminophen. Um, and that will absolutely get into your child's bloodstream when you give them an appropriate dose. Whereas, like, a generous necklace that weighed two ounces um, would get 1.5 to 4 grams of succinic acid. But again, they wouldn't be getting like full access to the bead they'd only be getting the outside of the bead Mm -hmm. so at every single level here right this doesn't work it doesn't work because it doesn't work it doesn't work because succinic acid is not a painkiller or an analgesic Mm -hmm. it doesn't work because it can't be released into your skin but even if it did work even if it did work it would be such a bad idea because you'd just be like having this thing that was like you know oozing this oil all over your skin that was making your skin numb and your teeth numb an unmitigated amount which certainly could should not be healthy for you yeah now we mentioned placebo earlier yes Somebody asks her, how do you explain the fact that my baby felt better after I put one of these necklaces on her? And this goes back to those very, very tired pants. Placebo by proxy is a real thing. And this is also very true of babies. Uh huh. So babies are very, very aware because they don't have language yet of your mood. Okay. Uh, so clearly you don't have to, you know, if you're super depressed, you don't have to worry about that necessarily. <laughs> but if you, uh, if you're really stressed, if you're flitting around, if you're very angry, Babies pick up very, very quickly to read your face, which is mm. why you should never, like, fake being mad at a baby because oh. a baby will think that you're actually angry. Right. Um, and that can make them stressed out, which you don't want. I'm the same way. <laughs> that, it, that if I fake being angry, you'll get stressed out? Yes, I do. <laughs> I will get stressed out. Intellectually, I do understand sarcasm and irony and humor. But uh, and, and there will also be an autonomic response that yes. causes me stress. <laughs> yes, I, I am that way too. I, I, yeah. And for babies, it's like it's super heightened because they don't have any other way to communicate than what they're right. seeing and what they're he- and the tones of what they're hearing. Yes. And so if you're frazzled, which is also part of the reason why I... And, you know, this is clearly not going to be true all the time, but I never try to be stressed out. I never tried to be stressed out at the dentist. I never tried to be stressed out at the doctor because I don't want to teach Elliot that those are things that make me upset because I don't want him to think that those are things that he should be upset about. Right. And you can only, again, that only goes so far. Kids will learn on their own. They'll become afraid of things on their own. Mm -hmm. Um, Elliot was very afraid of his shadow recently, and I clearly am not putting off vibes about being afraid of my shadow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think there's something to say for that. That's a, you know, a verified thing that kids read emotions like that. So if you are stressed out of your mind, you haven't gotten any sleep, your baby's crying, you finally get this goddamn amber teething necklace that you bought from a verified person off natural mama's blog website (laughs) and you put it on your kid and you breathe a sigh of fucking relief, your kid, it might be like, oh, finally. Uh-huh. Now I can be calm because my mom's not stressed out or my dad's not stressed out, but probably mom just because of the way <laughs> that, you know, this is when I look at the internet. Yeah. Um. And so, yeah, a lot of people who are like, it worked. But now here's the final sort of like nail in this amber teething necklace coffin. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a good idea to put a beaded necklace on a child? No. I... <laughs> I- I mean, any jewelry on a, on a baby seems tacky and <laughs> risky. Well, I wasn't going to say tacky. <laughs> well, I threw in risky. <laughs> but, you know, clearly you can see where my priorities are. So the um, American Academy of Pediatrics 
um, which is a pretty standard source for quality information. And they're, they're going to be pretty conservative about things. Mm. Says that um, the risk of two, uh, the risk for wearing necklaces is twofold strangulation and choking. Right. So if the necklaces are worn around the child's neck, um, it's very likely that they could um, become strangulated on it. Um, mm-hmm. how, how could this happen? Um, let's say your kid's in their crib and you've put them to bed and they're wearing it around their neck and it catches on something in the crib. It catches on um, like the corner of the crib or something mm-hmm. like that and they're stuck. It could right. strangle strangle them that way. And you might, you know, there might be people who are like super pro Amber Teething Necklace right now listening to this. I doubt it at this point though. Mm-hmm. Um, who are saying, well, that's why you don't put it around their neck. Well, you know, if, if you wrap it around their wrist or their ankle, you still have these tiny little beads. And like kids mm-hmm. pick at things and they play at things. And even if you have one of these um, necklaces that has... Each bead is knotted in, so if it breaks, maybe only one bead will fall off. Well, you really only need one bead to choke right. on. Yeah. Um, and also, like, nobody ever puts jewelry on their kid otherwise. Unless you're doing, like, a photo shoot or something, you know? And uh-huh. you have, like a, like, a baby wearing, like, a pearl necklace and no shirt or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't just casually put jewelry on your kid and that's because it's not safe right and so the fact that these people are putting um amber teething necklaces on their children when they would never do that otherwise i think just goes to show how desperate they really are for some sort of relief right now i will say uh one more thing here give your kids some tylenol (laughs) yeah if they're old enough Mm -hmm. um do it. Make sure that you weigh them. Make sure that you give them the proper amount. If you don't want to give it to them um, during the day because you're afraid that you're going to be giving it to them too much, give it to them at, at night so they can sleep. Mm-hmm. And then you can sleep. Because mm-hmm. I think we also know that sleep is so, so important for our health, for your kid's health and for your health. And so if you can at least sleep through the night, then the days will probably be less terrible. Because mm-hmm. if you're well-rested and your mouth hurts, you're probably going to be in a much better mood than if you're very sleepy and your mouth hurts. <laughs> right. Um, and again, there are going to be some situations where your baby has multiple teeth coming in at one time. Your baby's very sensitive to pain. Your baby experiences pain differently than other children do. And Tylenol's not cutting it. And in that case, you know, it's just going to be terrible. Um, but I don't see any reason why not to give your kid drugs when we have drugs when it, they need them. Right. Like, it's not random. If you know your kid is teething just give them the prescribed amount in the prescribed intervals it makes perfect sense to me but i'm i don't know (laughs) yeah you haven't you have not been up all night with a screaming child yeah that's true yeah back to back to my privileges yes that's what i was trying to say Mm -hmm. um so i'm just curious how you heard about this because i've never heard of this and you said that you have been ranting about this since years before you were pregnant yeah i thought maybe 2014 or 15 i think yeah i thought maybe elliot coming along would explain why you knew about this and had an opinion about it but if that's not the explanation then what is and i'm just wondering like I'm wondering how popular this is and if its popularity has something to do with the fact that you know about it, but I don't know about it. Yeah, so I think that I first came across it. So I'm always very interested in, again, I think I I run pretty in the middle of the road in terms of like um, natural whatever. Right. Eastern and and Western medicine, if that's... uh an okay classification yeah um and so you know i definitely um you know for example i definitely thought my son should have heart surgery i definitely give my son tylenol but i also do things like i also know things like i used to take a whole bunch of afrin and a whole bunch of cold medication anytime i got a cold and every single time 
I would get a sinus infection. So it was once a year when I was in middle school and high school, I would get a terrible sinus infection that would last a month. And when I was a senior, I had had this sinus infection for like so long. It was so long. I was on like six different medications. And my doctor finally asked me to clean my nose with essentially a neti pot. It was mm-hmm. slightly different. It was called air saline wash with a Y, air with a Y. And that worked to clean out my nose and help me from basically getting a really deep infection. Mm-hmm. And um, it also helped me just like get the snot out of my nose. <laughs> and so that was something that my doctor had been telling me to do for a very, very long time since I was a child, except that when I was a child, he said snort salt water, which was not appealing to me. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, uh, Dr. Uh, Garcia. Um, but actually, I love Dr. Garcia and his daughter. The last time I went there, his daughter had started working there and she was like six years older than me. And I was like, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, because of that, I'm always interested in seeing what people are doing in terms of food and in terms of health. Um, because I want to have a sort of holistic view on Mm -hmm. the way I'm treating things. And I also have always been very interested in babies. Yes. (laughs) I think you'll remember that I have wanted to be pregnant since I was like 19. I do. But not practically did I want to be pregnant. I wasn't like, you know, lying about my birth control or something. Um, (laughs) I just really, really wanted a baby, and I had never been. I had never babysat anybody. Nobody had ever met me babysit any of their kids. But then Kathy, my friend from earlier, um, got pregnant right after we graduated college, and because of that, I was suddenly reading all of this mom stuff because because I was curious about it, and because I was trying to you know you know buy her things and um, just be informed, or she would send me things and. I don't think that she explicitly told me about them, but I think I saw about them because of her and then was like, oh, well, that's sort of interesting. And then as so- and then I was like, but I'm not I, di- I just want to say too, like, I also did not immediately call it out as bullshit. Right. I saw it and I was like, OK, I'm not totally sure how that works. Let me look into this. Yeah. More. Yeah. Um, you had a skeptical reaction, but not a strong one. Yeah. It was just sort of like, oh, research. this is cool. Yeah. yeah, but let me figure out how it works better. And then I did right. my research and I was like, it doesn't work at all. Yeah. <laughs> From like any standard, it doesn't work. Um, and then it just became a, a terrible burden to carry. Right. To explain this to everyone at all times. And then the other thing that I'll say is that a lot of people are just gifted these things, right? Sure. So, you know, I... um. You know, my my friend has a picture of her daughter wearing one and she had just been given one as a gift and put it on her. And it was, you know, it wasn't I'm not even sure she was necessarily teething at the time. It was just like, (laughs) you know, here it is. Here you go. Everything's fine for your baby. Um, Yeah. And so I think I think that, too, just the the act of a product being sold very oftentimes lends it some amount of legitimacy, Mm -hmm. um, which isn't which isn't great like for example i mean this is a sort of insane example um science versus which is a podcast i love clearly also did an episode on acne recently and one of the things they looked into was light therapy where you put like this terrifying mask on your face and it blinks a bunch of light yes i've seen this yes and there's no scientific evidence that this does anything at all and of course it doesn't you know what i mean it's not like you're putting (laughs) lasers on your face it's something you can buy at a rite aid and yet and yet um i have an fsa a flexible spending account through my health insurance and um they have a store where you can buy things that you can use your fsa money for like a thermometer or whatever and one of the things you can buy at the store are multiple iterations of this light therapy for acne wow and like there's no there's nothing there's no, but right. but it's it's essentially safe. It's not doing any harm. It, right. um, you know, I, I suppose some people might get irritated from whatever's happening, but um, it's over the counter, and so it's covered. Mm-hmm. I can spend my non-taxed money on it in a health store. Weird. Now could I now could I get my 
goddamn light box for my seasonal affective disorder. No, I had to <laughs> be sad about that and fight my health insurance. And eventually, my friend just bought me one. <laughs> oh, is it working? It is actually, and That's and good. I've looked into the efficacy of these, and it seems mixed. It seems like it works for some people and doesn't for other people. But my problem truly is like. It just, I need it to be brighter. Like, I just physically need it to be brighter in the morning. And so even if it's not chemically doing anything, it's psychologically providing me with a very, very bright light. And that is what is helping me. That's good. Do you want to see it? I know the podcast viewer can't see it, but you can describe it to them. I would love to describe something as I see it in a little (laughs) box on my computer screen. Okay, so... Here's the light. It's like a... Okay. Well, you can describe it. <laughs> I... It... Hmm. It, it's, a, it's a rectangle. Mm-hmm. But not a flat one. <laughs> yeah, it's concave a little bit. Yeah. Convex. Convex. Convex, yeah. It's it's white. Um, And it looks like... Oh, yep, there it goes. It lights up. It looks like it's about the size of... I don't know, maybe like a large tablet. Yeah, it's like it's like bigger than my head. Yeah. But it's not like cumbersome. Right. And where do you put it and when do you use it? So I'm not technically supposed to have it on right now, but that might be just some of the hoot nanny part of it. But I'm just supposed to have it. So now I have so now I have it you might have heard me put it on the trunk that I have my laptop on. I have it facing me. I'm supposed to have it sort of here next to me at an angle so that it's mm-hmm. I can see it in my eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm supposed to do it for like 30 minutes in the morning. And then it's supposed to basically be like, oh, the sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it's incredibly bright. And you won't have this experience because you're not here. But I basically have this in the kitchen in the morning when I'm getting my lunch together and Elliot's lunch together and um, Kenny's like feeding Elliot or whatever. And... As soon as it turns off, it feels terrible <laughs> because yeah. it's so dark all of a sudden, even with yeah. every light on. And I always have every light on in this apartment because I hate how dark it is in the winter. Right. Well, if you're if it is truly tricking your brain the way that it's supposed to, then when it turns off, it's like the sun went out. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's so, true. Naturally, you would have kind of a freak out or at least a negative feeling of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, usually by then, the sun, I mean, and it's getting harder and harder because it's we're delving. So we're recording this on December. No, no uh, November 29th. Yeah. It's almost December as we're recording it's, this. And so it's the darkest days. Right. You know, we are we are within the month on each end of the uh solstice and this is the 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 hellish time for me this is my least favorite time of the year yeah this is a pretty good time of year for me uh liz is shaking her head disapprovingly (laughs) she's mad she's well and to be fair you you live in you know the sun so yeah even when i lived in new york and pennsylvania and ohio i i sort of liked this time of year um maybe i'm looking at the past through rose-colored glasses but (laughs) anyway i can definitely confidently say right now living in tucson arizona this is a very special time of year when uh you can be outside. Yeah, I can be outside and I can wear layers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, excuse me a second. Will, will, will. Yeah. I was just uh, filling the space. Thank you. Yes, that's good vamping and that's good <laughs> podcast practice. Thank you. I had to look up vamping, by the way. <laughs> Why? I heard I heard somebody say it on another podcast. Yeah. I mean, it must have been one that had Paul F. Tompkins on it. Uh-huh. Um, which which also I think that I'm just going to try to mention Paul F. Tompkins in every right. podcast to like will his existence into ours. It's funny you say that. You just reminded me that I almost referenced Mad Men earlier, and that would have mm-hmm. been the second time that I've referenced <laughs> Mad Men on the podcast. And and the reason why I thought of it is because it was at the point in your debunking 
when you mentioned that what's the acid called again I, i've forgotten succinic i believe and i might be saying that totally wrong i'm so sorry internet my golflings <laughs> they're like we do we want you to explain things accurately that's your whole shtick <laughs> Um, I make no claims to that. So uh, <laughs> when you said, when you explained succinic acid is not a painkiller, it doesn't have any of those properties. My, because mm-hmm. clearly if, if, if it hasn't become clear, my mind has kind of been in the gutter of like, how is this thing being marketed and why mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sort of looking at it through the lens of capitalism. And I was thinking like, oh, well, if that doesn't have any painkiller properties whatsoever, they just looked at a breakdown of what amber consists of and found something that looked and sounded sciencey right and, and said okay we'll we'll use that and that'll be like our buzzword and that'll mean pain relief and it reminded me of i think it's the very first episode of mad men when they're have you watched mad men i can't remember if you told me last time I, i've watched some episodes i i have actually seen the last episode <laughs> cool um, um i kenny watched all of it and so sometimes he'd be watching it and i would watch it with him but it was yeah. it was one of his programs that he would watch after i fell asleep which is anytime from 9 until 2 in the morning <laughs> I was just reminded of, I think it's the first episode of Mad Men. They are all sort of trying to solve the problem of like, how do we market cigarettes now that it's in the news that cigarettes are unhealthy? Oh, yeah. And they're coming up with all sorts of solutions like the um, Pete Campbell, um, a.k.a. Angel's son from Angel. Yep. Um, <laughs> Who just did not age well. Yeah. Oh. Well, he looks the part in Mad Men anyway. Right. So, um, yeah, he comes up with this thing that he's like, he's going to use Freud. Like people like, you know, subconsciously have this like urge for death. And (laughs) (laughs) They're going to use that to market cigarettes. But then in the end, like Don Draper's genius idea is that like um, he, he just asks them like how they make the cigarettes and they sort of like go through it like in a sort of step by step process. And then he stops them at just some random point and he says, like, that's it. Like, that's our slogan. And I, I can't remember what it was, but it was like it was something like they're they're smoked or something like that. <laughs> and, no, no, not smoked because that's a cigarette thing. What is it? It's it's not filtered. It's like anyway, it's like something that they do to the tobacco, yeah. right, where they yeah. it's blanked, whatever it was. And it's like that's yeah. that's our slogan, like Lucky Strike. They're they're whatever they're it was. Huh? They're rolled. <laughs> um, and, and, rolled. and the, the the lucky strike people are like, but that's you know everyone does that. That's that's not unique to us. That's all cigarettes. And and Don Draper is just like you know yeah, but no, but nobody knows that. Like <laughs> it, it, it's just something that's true about it, and we'll frame it so that it sounds special and catchy. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's I. That, I I did not look up the history of of amber teething necklaces, but I am now curious. Yeah, I wonder when they did start. Yeah, um, I'm curious about that too, and I'm also curious about like, yeah, how how many, you know, how are these things selling? Like, how widespread is this? Because, like I said, I hadn't heard of it until you brought it up. But yeah, um, I also I have no connection to babies or parenthood so oh will you have one connection to one baby that's well yes but it's uh it's a strongly felt connection but not not an extremely close one in in (laughs) most senses of the word uh i'm googling mad men lucky strike so you can figure out this freaking yeah i just i'm embarrassed that i butchered that so oh toasted okay Oh, it's toasted. toasted. It's toasted. Yes. No, the, so you that, were close with it's smoked. Yes. You were thinking was, of like, but you were thinking of like smoking a meat, not yes, yeah, smoking that's a cigarette. Exactly, that's exactly <laughs> where my mind went. Yes. So, um, uh, amber teething necklaces, they're toasted. They're toasted. That's my pitch. <laughs> Do you have any more questions about this, Will? Or have I, have I smugged you out? I think I feel very well informed and just 
smugged to my great delight. And now when this podcast comes out, anytime anybody posts about this, I can literally just send them a link to this podcast, which is what <laughs> I mean when I say this was the reason I wanted to start this mm. podcast was because I just wanted to be able to say here. <laughs> Listen to this. Ugh. Put it on while you're doing the dishes. Yep. Riding your bike. Actually, no, that might be dangerous. Mm. Riding a stationary bike. Yeah, a stationary bike. Uh, Well, Will, you're up next. Are you excited about next week's episode? So excited. I guess we'll see you next week for that. Looking forward to it. Well, good night, our little goslings. Or good morning. Or good commute. We know you're in your car. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Liz. (laughs) Thanks, Will. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Will is on Twitter and Letterboxd at YoungestOfOne, and his website is WilliamHoffacker.com. You can find Liz at Exclamate on Instagram, at Exclamate underscore on Twitter, or on her website, ElizabethDeannaMorrisLakes.com. Our website is SmugBuds.com, and the podcast is at SmugBuds.com on Twitter and Instagram.